Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Guys, welcome to another Patreon mini episode. This is an exclusive episode just for you guys. I brought on a nacho expert today whose name is Nellie, and she reached out to me on Twitter and said, I have this great movie, Double Daddy. It's available <laughs> on Amazon Prime right now. It's did you I think you said it's your version of sorority wars. It's it's one of the ones up there that I've seen multiple times when I just need to watch a film to get my mind off things. Right. It's like familiar. It's comfortable. Like you can leave the room for five minutes and come back and you know exactly where you are. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So I said, well, you know, we haven't done a Patreon episode since I think Christmas Eve and why not do another one? And why not have someone who's as passionate about it as she is? So Nellie, thank you so much for being here. Um, This is your first podcast, right? This, This is my first podcast experience ever. Yes. Everyone has to get it over with at some point. So I'm glad that you and I can be doing this together. Um, Okay, so the movie's called Double Daddy. It came out in 2015. I will say that it does toe the line at points of feeling a little bit like an ABC family movie. But the more you watch it, the more you realize they would never put this on ABC family. Um, Oh, yes, absolutely agree. It's like kind of, you know, there's a lot of like moments in it, especially I think I think all women feel this way. Whenever there's like a pregnant woman in danger, you just feel like sick to your stomach. Like you're just like, this is, I can't, I can't. Um, And there's definitely some moments like that in here, but we're going to have sort of like a general discussion of the movie and have some IMDb page fun. It's not going to be a scene by scene breakdown. This is just going to be more of a, a passion thing. So, um, basically describe what the plot of this movie is uh barring going into the imdb summaries of it that people have written which i'm sure we will um basically like this guy this young high school guy has a party at his house and Mm. his like kind of i i don't know like meathead friend invites over this girl that he met on social media and this girl is very interested in how rich these people are. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, sees that he's really drunk. She essentially rapes him at the party for yeah. like lack of not getting too descriptive with what it is. Plainly spoken, she rapes him. Um, yeah, and she winds up getting pregnant. And at the same time, he has this girlfriend who is, uh, I think, a camp counselor for a summer. And she's saving up money for college. And... The whole time she's at camp, she's not getting her period. And she's realizing, like, I think I might be pregnant. So these two chicks wind up being pregnant at the same time. Amanda, who is the um, the good girl, she's very much, you know, she's uh, she's trying to, like, keep her distance from him. Because this girl, Heather, who's the um, girl who shows up to the party, she is like a nightmare person. She's a stage five Mm -hmm. clinger. 
we know from the very beginning of the two of them even getting involved that she's just in this for a payday and maybe some sort of like semblance of a life moving forward. But his family completely rejects her. They're not happy that either of these one, these girls are pregnant. Um, Connor supposedly has a bright future and they're worried about that getting in the way of it. And then Connor's mom tries to pay off Heather's dad with a hundred thousand dollar check to um, basically keep her away from Connor and be like, you know, keep use this money until the child is seven or eight, which I thought was so interesting that a hundred thousand dollars in in Connor's mom's mind was like the exact amount of money that would get a child to the age of yeah. seven or eight. I don't know why <laughs> why how, she how do that. you how do you discern that? Did you like? that's such an arbitrary number that I felt like she just threw out. And then after that, they'll figure out another arrangement. Like, what does that even mean? Right. And like, she has him sign this like really unofficial or maybe it is official like document that the lawyers drew up, but I don't know that you can really get out of child support like that. And also like, how are you declaring some sort of like custodial situation that you're going to revisit in seven to eight years? Like that's, Um, it seems like a legal nightmare for something like that to be upheld. But anyway, Heather's, uh, Heather's dad winds up stealing the money. Um, and Heather has to move in with them, but Heather's got this whole thing where she has this ex-boyfriend who, you know, knows that she's tried shit like this in the past and apparently miscarried. And now he wants a piece of the money too. And he winds up showing up to Connor's house when no one's there. And she goes nuts on him and kills him, throws him in the back of Connor's dad's car. Um, Long story short, Heather tries to kill Amanda while they're on a trip together, uh, a field (laughs) trip where the teacher, this was like the most absurd thing to me was that the teacher let a young pregnant girl find her way through the woods to use the facilities so irresponsible like hello like someone escort her like at least a classmate (laughs) um and yeah they they give birth to both the babies now there's this whole interesting thing I want to talk about I think this is like where I would really like to start if I'm being honest so Heather's uh, Amanda's sister has had like several miscarriages. I guess she's been trying with her husband for a year. She's slightly older. She's married. Um, There's like an age gap between them that would almost imply that like Amanda was a surprise baby based off of how um, older her sister appears than her. So there's sort of like this interesting dynamic where her older sister very much feels like a lot older than her. When she finds out Amanda's pregnant, she has like a fucking meltdown because she's been trying so hard to, with no success. And her little sister just shows up after summer camp pregnant. And there's this like mass jealousy that takes over. Ultimately Connor and Amanda decide to give the sister the baby um once it's born and they you know the sister after the fact is like I can't do this I can't take your baby but what do we even think about I mean I just I was so I know stuff like this happens in real life where people get very upset when someone else is pregnant because they've had fertility issues 
but I couldn't believe that we were supposed to like that character at all. Also just, she, I believe she was an accident because the mom at one point was like, you know, when I was 19, I got pregnant and I got your sister or something like that. But it, it was so, how can they have a baby? They're not even married. It's just so judgmental and mean. <laughs> it how are we supposed mean. to be like, yeah, give her, give her the bundle of joy because she's been such a bitch. Dude, you're so right. Like, first of all, that cracked me up because it was almost like she didn't understand the concept of how, like, you don't have to be married to have a baby. It was like a very childlike reaction that she had. Yeah. Like, but she's not even married. How could she possibly get pregnant? And it's like, sweetie, that's not how it works. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was like a really, it was a really uncomfortable thing. And I, felt her pain I just wish that they had either worked with the actress to make her a little bit more sympathetic um you know for us to be able to sympathize with her more because like I just kind of was like this is insane like you have a pregnant 17 year old sister and you want to take that away from her it's it's uh it was kind of fascinating I was surprised that she came around at the end and allowed them to keep their baby um Right. Although it probably would have been a better plan for her to be raised by her sister, the baby. Oh, I absolutely 100% agree that they should not, they should have been like, please take this baby. But I'm also, I think I would have immediately broken up with Connor after having the baby and been like, okay, I need to go to college and move on. But maybe that's just me not wanting to raise a baby at all ever for a while. But right. It, it was it was, I think maybe the movie shot itself in the foot because they made the sister so like buttoned up styling wise that it lent itself to her being like a little bit of a frigid character when Mm -hmm. I wish she had been more sympathetic. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And this is definitely a movie that was the wardrobe was pulled from some like master closet. This is like, Mm -hmm. now that I know that production companies do that, I'm fascinated. And this was definitely a movie that had all of those elements. I thought they did a pretty good job of making that the houses look like homes. Um, But the wardrobe was like just classic sort of bad lifetime clothing. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's get into Miss Heather. Oh, Heather. I, I knew she was trouble from the moment she walked in with her H necklace. I know. <laughs> exactly. So Brittany Curran is the name of this actress. She was, um, she's been acting since she was a little kid. She was in 13 going on 30 really early. She did uh, mad TV as a kid. She was Carly on Drake and Josh. Um, yeah. Men of a certain age twisted. She's had a, uh, she was a series regular on Chicago fire as well. Katie Nolan. Um, I've, never seen her before she reminded me a bit of um rose mcgowan like early rose mcgowan in some ways oh yeah i she she kind of makes the movie for me her Mm. her acting i feel is very like eyebrow and eyeliner based and i enjoy it thoroughly yes yeah (laughs) um but i she looks to me she looks like at least she looks like liz gillies from um yes that's exactly who she looks like I actually thought it was Liz Gillies when I first saw it in the Lifetime movie club I was like oh I think this is like a Liz Gillies joint and then I realized that she's probably been too successful 
her whole career to do a Lifetime movie. Oh, no, but... she's been in one. Liz oh, Gilly, she has? been in one. Oh, yeah. She plays like a murderous, uh, like a murderous stepdaughter or something. That makes sense for her. She's like yeah. a really good mean girl. And that's definitely true of this actress um, that played Heather, too. She just has that sort of like great mean girl look. It's um, It would almost be difficult to, to imagine her playing a like high school sweetheart type girl. Yeah, I think she's definitely the kind of girl who is at all times looks slightly unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. So this character is actually like kind of sad. Um, it's actually very sad when you think about it. So her dad, mm-hmm. I, th- I mean, I think they're trying to imply pretty heavily that her dad's like a major alcoholic. He's completely like ungroomed. He looks like he's in permanent need of a shower throughout this mm-hmm. whole movie. And, um, you know, just sort of like low rent, low class. And she is someone who has wanted to, get out of that world for a long time. And in fact, her mom did. It seems like um, her mom hadn't been in contact with her for like a year. So I think her mom just skipped town and then her dad took over and they moved to this like little house. And at her previous school, it seemed like she had a reputation for being a bad girl already. Yeah, like she'd already tried this once before at her old school. And we find out that Amanda's able to find her through like her old school by going through the superlatives. And she and her boyfriend had the oddest couple award, which is <laughs> so such a weird picture. It was such a weird picture. It's also like so rude. Like what high school would do that? I'm sure there are high schools that would do that, but like it would, if we're being real, the oddest couple at any high school is like that bad who dates like a freshman goth girl like that is truly the oddest couple it'd almost be inappropriate to advertise it's very much a dig it's very much a dig at whoever gets nominated it's like a veiled dig and a bunch of people like voted from them and laughed about it yeah so um Heather you know goes to this new town I do wonder how her dad managed to afford this upgrade in school districts yeah I uh... um I had a lot of questions about how she was at that school and also did she did she try why did she move schools in the first place? I didn't get I, that I either. Think that, I think that she and her dad moved. Oh, and they okay. were like the little like shed house thing that they were living in was whatever they moved to from their previous school. Because when Amanda was looking up the old school on Instagram, it seemed to be a school they had never heard of. So I didn't think it was like in the same town or anything. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. That was a little detail that I was like, why? I don't really understand this part, but let's let's soldier on. (laughs) And then when she gets pregnant, she manages to hide this from her dad until she's like comically pregnant, like how out of tune he would have to be in order to not realize that she's pregnant is insane. Plus, he only finds out because he doesn't knock on her door before he comes into it to be like, hey, you forgot your keys. And she's changing and is in like a matching bra and panty set. And I would just like die, first of all, if like an adult saw me like that, let alone like 
an adult man. Um, I, I thought both of their reactions were so weird in that moment. I know. Did he just get, looked at him like, like, oh my God, dad. And he's like staring at her just like, wow, this is happening. And neither of them are like, ooh, this is awkward. I'm One of us is going to leave now. Yeah. It, like they almost didn't even, she didn't even try to like cover herself up quickly enough for me. Yeah. Like you just don't like linger um, with a t-shirt like gripped in front of you when you have an opportunity to put it on. But, you know, he's not, he's, disappointed but I would say like far from surprised that she's pregnant and one thing that did surprise me about him though is that he took the money because as much of a shithead as he came across I kind of just don't believe that that character would leave his pregnant teenage daughter high and dry for a hundred thousand dollars yeah I I thought that was so weird because they didn't really set him up to be that kind of character and mm-hmm. also, why didn't Diane Connor's mother? Why didn't she just void the check? Right, didn't he signed legal document. Like they could have just. There were a lot of things about that that made me sad, but I feel like it was the writers maybe saying, "Okay, we got to get her into Connor's house," and it felt very creative. But I don't know how feasible it would be, and also how true to the father's character it was. <laughs> well, I think he cashed the check. Oh, like super quickly. Yeah, that I guess. Yeah, like I think that thing was put in the bank by end of day. And then he took the house apart. Um, but he did seem like, you know, if he was really this like awful and neglectful dad, it's it's weird to me that they even tried to play it like, you know, he was providing shelter and being yeah. kind to her at all. Because it's just so, it's so insane. I mean, what he could have done really is be like they wrote you a check for fifty thousand, and like pocket the other fifty. Yeah, like yeah. that's kind of the more the guy that I saw him being. Um, but yeah, so he basically abandons her. We don't. I we never find out what happened with the mom. I would have liked to know more about that. Like even just story yeah. details. Um, but. Connor okay there's classism in this movie in a major way oh yeah and I loved sort of like the way that they showed it in in that one Connor was like horrified that she had mouse traps <laughs> in her room and laundry on the floor and like the mouse traps I get completely because that's a safety hazard and also the implications of like the house just being dirty is potentially scary for this like upper crust kid who's probably never seen a rodent in his life outside of Petco or whatever Mm -hmm. but um on the floor like I don't know if you've ever been to like a new mom's house but like they're a wreck like it's there's always laundry on the floor and like toys everywhere like He's sort of like judging her for her messiness in a way that I thought was really interesting. And then later when we see Heather having dinner with his family, she's, you know, she grabs like a chicken leg right off the plate and she's like chewing and she's like talking with her mouth open a little bit and saying how she's so hungry this trimester. She feels like she's been eating for two lately. Um, his parents are mostly just horrified by her manners. It, it felt, it made me kind of sad for her. Like, 
for her in like a new way. Yeah. Also, there's that whole thing where they really punch home that Amanda has this like great home life and active parents and Heather has none of that. And eventually Amanda has a baby shower and her friend literally posts a picture and tags Heather in it to be like, haha, you don't have a baby shower. It, right. It made me, it made me like so sad for Heather, dis- despite the craziness that everybody is judging this poor girl who is just kind of trying to get herself ahead the way that she thinks is the best way for her. Yeah. And I mean, she's obviously like mentally not completely stable, but I agree. Like I was a little bit like, what the fuck when, you know, they were like, she's so like poor and lonely. Like she wouldn't even have someone to throw a baby shower for her. Like as if like, there's nothing sadder than a lonely, pregnant, isolated teen girl. Like that's just, it's, uh, it's actually, yeah. I mean, it's really, really sad. I would think that even on my worst day, I would have more grace than that. But I don't know. It's been a long time since I was a teenager. Um, But like the vibe is very much, I mean, his parents aren't happy that he's having a baby with either of these girls. But Amanda is the high school girlfriend. They've known her for a long time. Like, you know, they, I assume they approve of her. They're not thrilled. Like there's this scene where Amanda's parents go to confront Connor about and his parents basically about Amanda being pregnant and trying to figure out what they're going to do and this whole scene is like chaotic for me because I it took me a moment to realize that when Connor's dad was saying like you're going to do the right thing right he was saying the right thing is to go ahead and have the baby which I I'm not surprised that people would refer to that as the right thing in terms of morality, but based off of his other argument of like, you're going to destroy my son's life. If he's a teen father, like he's going to go to this great college. He's going to have, you know, a sports scholarship. Like you can't, it was, it felt honestly like very like reminiscent of like almost like the shit that Brock Turner's family would say about him. Oh, absolutely. It, it took me a couple, it, took me a couple watches of that scene to realize oh he wants her he's saying to have the baby he's not telling her to like go to to Planned Parenthood because I totally read him as the kind of guy who would I don't know cheat on his wife get his mistress pregnant be like okay go take care of it so I was kind of surprised that he was like okay no have the baby because that's the right thing yeah I was thinking at the very least he would probably like pay for her college if she got an abortion you know because ideally like it's not ideal for a 17 year old to have a baby um and there's always you know we're all about choice here you can do whatever you want but I mean if if I was a parent in that situation I'd be like um I feel like this wasn't this isn't like something you need to follow through on for the sake of morality I feel like if this is a teenage situation and you might want to set up the rest of your life before you have a child. It's big, big conversation. Um, and so she, I don't know what initially the plan is with Amanda. I know that Connor is still supposed to go forward with going to college. Um, and he later doubles back on that and says he's going to go to community college because he wants to be there for Amanda and the baby. This is like before they have talked about the idea of giving the baby up for adoption. And when I really thought about it, 
2015 was a little bit of a different time in terms of how sort of familiar we were with like how pointless college is for so many people. Um, (laughs) But Connor could have like easily, easily with the amount of money that it appears his family has could have easily just like started a business or something like he has that startup money already whatever money was going to go to college could have easily been used to get Connor started and set up in some other way. So I don't know why college was such a big deal unless he needed like a business degree to follow in his father's footsteps. Yeah. I was like, why don't you just get him an internship at your company? We all know you have that kind of pull. Just like sit him in a copy room or something and let him quote unquote work his way up. Or I, I wondered if maybe he was supposed to get like a soccer scholarship or something because we see him yeah. play soccer for like 30 seconds. So I was wondering if that's what they wanted him to go do. But you're totally right. He doesn't need a scholarship. I hate it when they give like rich kids scholarships just because they're also good athletes. Like I'm not sure if there's a greater implication of getting a scholarship if it's like kind of just a clout thing at a certain point to say that. Yeah. But this is not a kid who needs a college scholarship. They do a great job of sort of trying to let us know how wealthy these people are at the very beginning of the movie when they're having this house party that Connor is throwing because his parents are out of town. And we see Heather walking around the upstairs by herself, snooping around a little bit. And they decide to have her hand go for a collection of Fabergé eggs, which are just Uh such like a relic. Yeah. That was my favorite. And she picks one up and I was like, are we supposed to believe she steals this? Because she's wearing a tight red dress and she has nowhere to put that. But she like picks it up and then it goes to her fingering jewelry. Then she's like in his mom's closet, which for some reason she has a diamond necklace that is probably realistically, if that was a real diamond necklace, probably like $20,000 minimum just based mm-hmm. off of how many diamonds there were. And I love the idea that this woman is very, very wealthy, but like careless with her jewelry, the way that maybe you were with your stuff from Claire's in high school, like <laughs> just sort of like strewn about as if like a truly wealthy person wouldn't have that in, in some sort of like fingerprint lock safe in their closet. Um, yeah. Maybe they are that rich though. Maybe they're just like, fuck it. Um, We'll, we'll throw money around the Fabergé eggs though were great because like realistically those are still collector items they are worth a lot of money I just haven't seen someone refer to Fabergé eggs as a a signifier of wealth since like the 90s yeah it I there was something about that being the opening of the movie that just really laid laid the groundwork for me to be like all right this is going to be a bonkers weird movie and I am I'm ready for it it really set the tone like shots of her fingering with the Fabergé egg and then like shots of her body as she walked around like okay we're about wealth and about bodies here and that's really honestly what the film ended up being she did look great in that dress that dress was a signature dress I can understand Mm -hmm. why they went with it it seemed very much like that would be the dress that everyone remembered her in when they thought of her that'd be like her ghost outfit right but it all sort of like culminates at this party with Connor going out to the garage to get some more beer and she's standing there in the garage and she like offers help him with the beer 
she grabs like one of the beers from the case um, to help herself. And it just was like, there's no way that those beers would be, if it's cold enough for those beers in that garage to be cold, there's no way you're wearing that dress. Mm -mm. It, it was also such a, she's like, let me help you takes out a beer and drinks it. And it's like, thanks Heather. That was, that was a really great move. That was really helpful for me. She I, might I'm be against a wall giggling to myself because I'm so drunk, but thank you. Well, so Connor is also really, really shit faced and they're showing that mm-hmm. through like, you know, he's having double vision, like to the point where I almost thought that Heather might've drugged him. Yeah. That's, that's, that's I feel like they've also used that kind of camera shot in other movies where drugs are involved so that was that was kind of there and so she says that she wants to get inside his dad's Mercedes and he's like yeah take a seat whatever so she lets herself in and I just love when they try to make high school girls look like car buffs like Mm -hmm. we all know that car is like nice and expensive but the idea of her like wanting to sit in it and observe the dashboard and, and how, you know, how many buttons there are. That's just always a little like unreal to me. I can appreciate yeah. a good car in real, like if I see one, but especially not as a teenage girl, was I ever like, Oh my God, that Mercedes though. Like it, it, it's a, uh, it's not that great. So she has him get in the passenger seat and, you know, she really escalates things very quickly. Um, it, I, I think, it, you know, I don't, I think no matter what, she was not drunk and he was. So there's no issue of, um, yeah, the fact that he was raped. I mean, the first IMTB review of this movie is six out of 10. Connor got raped. And it says, the movie was okay. My biggest problem I had with this movie was how Connor got Heather pregnant. The truth is, Connor did not have consensual sex with her, and therefore, I feel he got raped. The movie never addressed this. In the scene, you see Connor push her away. If the roles were reversed, I'm sure there would be no question about this. Um, but still, a 6 out of 10, she gave it. Yeah, I guess. And I, I think it's interesting that you know, Lifetime is TV for women. And so sometimes we have these cases of men experiencing sexual trauma, but they don't treat it like it's, like the movie doesn't make it seem like, like they don't treat it like it was a rape scene. Like later he says, oh, it was completely my fault. I don't remember anything, but it was my fault because they just don't want to, he just doesn't experience the sexual trauma that we clearly saw him happen. Yeah. Um, and then they do the thing that I kind of like hate in Lifetime movies at the very end where she is in, I guess, a, like a interrogation room type thing with her lawyer having a meeting and he's trying to figure out whether or not he wants Heather to like take a plea or if she's going to go through with the trial, which could lead to life in prison. And she says, I don't care. And she basically asked him to go get her a glass of water so that hopefully he would leave his cell phone behind. And she opens his phone and like starts taking selfies of herself because that's like one of her things, the whole movie, right? She's very online. She's very selfie driven. She is almost, um, it's almost like crazy how unaware she is of like how nuts all of her social media behavior made her look 
but it, it ends the movie with like her taking selfies in this room by herself logged into her account in her jail uniform and I was like I would like to think that Heather was not crazy like that like I don't think that she I think that she was more methodical than that ending gave her credit for yeah I agree and I think that it it almost chalks it up to like stupid teenage girls being obsessed with like social media and attention and in reality she kind of concocted this plan to get herself further in life and for a good chunk of the movie it was working for her yes yeah I mean really up until okay so there's this great scene where Heather has taken um Connor's mom's or Connor's dad's car out for the day and when she comes back to the house Connor's mom is like no fucking way you're not like taking my husband's car out like let's get one thing straight you're here because you're pregnant with my son's child but like you're not to make yourself too comfortable they go inside and Heather starts to snap and she throws a plate at Connor's mom's head and then I think it was the fruit bowl honestly I feel like mm-hmm, Connor's mm-hmm. mom would have would have let it slide if she just threw the plate but it was when she's leaving she like smashes a crystal fruit bowl on the ground and it really seems like that crystal fruit bowl was the was like the last straw yes uh, oh it was crystal it was it was not only was it a signifier of wealth but it had utility and she smashed it like it was nothing the fruit bowl was confusing there was like a potato in it and then like it looked like limes like it it looked like a bunch of stuff that according to like vegetable storage it shouldn't have been together but (laughs) yeah yeah no it was kind of um it was kind of great and when Connor comes home she's just like get her out of here like we're gonna go find her a place so they find her this place where do you think that was it looked almost like a motel that had stripped the bed it they call it an apartment but I was like oh they put her in a motel but it's not it can't be a motel because it looks it looks like a motel room that they just redressed and said that it was an apartment. Yeah. Like I think if you rent a furnished apartment, you'd be pretty lucky if it came with a brand new twin mattress. Um, but yeah. you know, I, I feel there's something that feels like illegal about leaving a pregnant minor and putting her into a situation like that. At that point, once her dad is gone, she's 17 years old. Like, call the state like get someone involved that can help her but it's kind of like despicable to leave even the worst pregnant teenage girl alone in an apartment to figure it out for herself oh it it's a lot of there's a lot of feelings of negligence in this film and I I felt like she does like her little psycho scream when she's in that room and I was kind of like girl I feel you because you have been abandoned with a suitcase and you are super pregnant at this point she is yeah yeah I mean the more you think about Heather the more you definitely sympathize with her and I don't like the idea of them sort of like taking the agency that she had at the beginning of the movie from her in that final scene because it just made it look like you know, those scenes we always go to when it's a minor and they want the audience to know she's okay, but she's still bad. Like she's a bad seed. So they'll show someone in like a mental hospital at the end, 
you know, ready to repeat their bad behavior again. Um, yeah. But you think about, you know, her situation and what the act of like what she did to Connor and the underlying meaning of it for her, like just sort of looking for a sense of security in her life is um, really sad. It's really, really sad. And again, that's something that they would not have done with Amanda. If Amanda was in a similar situation, for some reason, she was parentless. She wound up at Connor's house. Something happened between her and her mom. They would have never put Amanda in that place. Absolutely not. They would have, they would have let Amanda not put her in a room on the other side of the house. They're like, you could just go share the room with Connor. I mean, it can't get any worse. You're already pregnant. Right. They absolutely would have like let them share a room. She would have. They would have like made her favorite food for dinner. They like loved Amanda. And I it's hard to reconcile how much I felt bad for Heather versus how Heather kind of got this situation going. Right. No, for sure. But, I mean Yeah. So then the Amanda thing, the only thing that Amanda does that's like consistently sort of like Jesus Christ, Amanda, um, is she keeps taking Heather's bait. So Heather is responding on Connor's phone for him. She's sort of doing this weird like double talk thing um, where, you know, in some moments it's almost like she's a helpless victim and others, she seems very like manipulative and cunning and Amanda falls for all of it. And yes, she is, you know, a lot more naive than Heather, I would say. And she Mm -hmm. is pregnant. And I think teenagers in general are already like not perfect at communication. But seeing the way that Amanda fell into Heather's traps at every turn was very frustrating. What's like you, you know that she is baiting you, you know that she's full of shit. Why do you keep like that scene in the library where she knows Heather has texted you know, Amanda on Connor's phone pretending to be Connor. And Heather's like, why would he tell you the truth? Because he didn't tell you that we slept together. And it's like, we all know Heather is absolutely the one who texted, but Amanda just gets so angry and leaves. And it's like, you're, you're falling for it. She's not even trying to manipulate you. You're just letting her do it. It's so frustrating to watch because Amanda should be smarter than this. Yeah, another thing about Amanda, too, is, like, she goes to camp for three months and doesn't get her period the whole time, and it doesn't occur to her as, like, a sexually active young woman that she might be pregnant (laughs) is, like, kind of, I know it happens, I know it happens all the time, but, like, we're supposed to believe that Amanda is, like, you know, top-tier university material, like, she is savvy, and, like, she just, it never occurs to her, possibly because she's a camp counselor, not in that frame of mind that she might be pregnant, Um, and it's tough to watch her try and hide it, she doesn't get very far, her mom and dad basically corner her and are, like, do you want to talk about what's going on and she's like what do you what do you mean they're like you're really upset you're not eating as much like they list a bunch of things that don't sound like pregnancy to me at all like Um, to me I was like it sounds like she has like a cold or a flu or something yeah or like an eating disorder (laughs) (laughs) exactly like that doesn't lead to pregnant um but yeah so she like tells them that she's pregnant they I mean I think that they 
handled it pretty well, pretty quickly. The person yeah. who handled this news the worst out of every, anyone was like Connor's parents who were like absolutely atrocious at the same time. Can you imagine finding out that your son has two different girls pregnant at the exact same time? <laughs> Bonkers. I would, I would feel so ashamed. I wouldn't have time to take it out on other people because no. I would probably be in bed, like thinking about what I did to let that happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the main thing for me, honestly, that I just simply cannot move past is that they go on this field trip <laughs> and it's like a nature field trip and Amanda and Connor have been like going to Lamaz at that point. Like he's very much, you know, in love with the idea of having a baby with her and very supportive of her. Mm-hmm. Then Miss Heather arrives to the field trip as well. And they go out to some I guess like indoor outdoor museum um, where they're like hiking, but then you also can go back to like hear lectures and like go through different exhibits or whatever. And while they're out in the woods, Amanda asks if she can use the restroom. And the teacher tells her, like, yeah, here's a map. Like, go walk back to the building and use the restroom. Go alone. And, go walk back alone. And then this is where, like, Heather also winds up on her own, too. I presume because she's looking for Amanda. Yeah. And then you have these two pregnant girls lost alone in the middle of a field trip. And... um you know, by the time they all get back to the building, they finally realize that they don't know where either of them are. And I just have to ask, like, how do you lose not just one, but two pregnant teen girls? Like, it feels like almost a liability to even take minors who are that pregnant into the woods. Um, And I know that school field trips, like, aren't always designed with one of the students being pregnant in mind. But it just seemed crazy that the school would let these two girls even go on a field trip there I mean the whole time Heather is like having contractions which the pregnancy timeline on these two pregnancies is super confusing for me but um the whole time she's having contractions if she's that pregnant I feel like it's a liability for the school to let them go and I don't know why Amanda's parents would have signed that permission slip if she was eight months pregnant I think at that point they would have been like you can't go walk around in a forest no, absolutely. Right. And the, okay. So Heather has a knife when she finds Amanda in the woods and, you know, we'd seen her alone at her apartment eating an apple with said knife the, t- the day before, which is always a sign of evil when someone's like using a knife to cut a piece of fruit apart and just eating it off the knife like that. Like, yeah. again, that's a little bit where I'm like, Heather, are you like a 50 year old man? Like, how do you... <laughs> Why do you know about Mercedes? Why do you know about eating an apple with a knife like that? But she brings the knife to the woods. Um, Also kind of wild to me that, I don't know. I don't think that they like searched us before a field trip, but just the idea of someone showing up with a steak knife on a field trip is crazy. Yeah. It ends up being this like chase through the woods where I'm having like a panic attack the whole time, just thinking of like, oh God, one of them's going to trip and fall on their stomach. But no, it's so much worse. They wind up on like the ledge of the forest and there's probably like a six foot drop or something. And Heather's lying at Amanda and they both fall off the cliff together, which is like, I, 
I can't imagine something worse, right? Like by the time the two of them finally come to, Heather's just about to beat Amanda's brains in with a rock. Then she starts experiencing labor pains and Amanda gives, uh, she delivers the baby in the woods. And Connor, when he finally comes and finds them, because no one else went with Connor. In fact, the teacher, like he had to get away from the teacher in order to go do this. Like, yeah, it wasn't like, I don't know. I would like to think that if I was the teacher, I would have taken like six of my most responsible students and been like, guys go out in pairs and look for the two missing pregnant girls that I lost before I get fired or they die or both. Yeah. Like let's pair up and do a sweep of the, of the forest that I set these pregnant women alone on. Let's, let's try and rectify my mistakes before the board of education finds out. Yeah. Like I feel like you lose your teaching license for that. And I, it's, it makes me feel bad because I understand. I'm like, listen, lady, you know, uh, going on field trips is not necessarily a part of your job. Not all teachers do that, especially in high school. The teachers that mm-hmm. took us on field trips, come on, so few and far in between. But it's like, she should have her teaching license taken away from that. Losing two pregnant teen girls in the woods and then not even being able to like come up with a plan of action in the moment. I feel like that's always been a thing. Like there's always a plan that teachers have for finding a lost student or whatever. Um, But Connor thankfully got there just in time. I can't imagine what it was like for Amanda to deliver the baby of her. Yeah, that was, I think the actress did a good job kind of after seeing Connor and hearing Heather go, it's our baby, Connor. She, she did a good job of showing the kind of, conflict and grief of that whole situation because that is a just bonkers to 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 have a girl who would just try to kill you begging you to help her deliver a baby that is the result of your boyfriend being with someone else yeah I still like wasn't convinced that Heather wouldn't like give birth and then immediately like sit up and stab Amanda yeah, where's the knife in all of this? Exactly. And, and, you know, we have to remember that these babies are siblings. As bizarre as it is, they're <laughs> siblings. So, you know, and if Amanda were to ever even think of, like, hurting the baby or whatever, um, it also is probably so much more real, right? When you're, like, sitting there holding the baby, even though you fucking hate this bitch, um, you know, there's something so special about having a baby. And that's ultimately what the sister is really responding to is the fact that she sees Connor and Amanda in the hospital after they deliver their baby girl. Um, Just having like a moment with her about how happy they are. She's there. And the sister sees this playing out and she's like, I can't possibly take this baby from you. Um, And maybe she should have, you know, I I think she, I think she should have. It's not like they're not going to see the baby, but they can't, this, this girl and her, husband clearly are you know financially independent have been trying to have a kid so you know that they've planned for it how are you going to give this kid a better life I don't know I I, yeah I would have yeah I know I agree I agree and also like it's kind of like the Caitlin and Tyler thing from Teen Mom where yeah 
Yeah. It's like, if you guys are going to make it, like, you'll have your own kid when you're ready someday. But it's the best of all worlds. Like, it's not like the kid goes to another state and you never get to see them or the state, you know, can dictate or the way that the legal contracts are can dictate, you know, whether or not you get photos of your kid or the opportunity to ever see them again. I mean, your sister raising your kid is probably really ideal. I mm-hmm. did notice this. Did you, so when the sister is um, talking to Amanda after she had just had another miscarriage, which is sort of like what Amanda comes home to from school right after she thinks she's like, has the realization, like, I think I'm pregnant. Um, she comes home to her sister crying about having just had another miscarriage to her mom. And then we see the two of them eating ice cream in the kitchen and her sister's in like full you know, morning mode. She's like eating ice cream right out of the container. And she says something about how she and her husband were going to try IVF if they had another miscarriage. And yeah, Amanda asked her what that entails. And she said something to the extent of like, basically like they poke and prod you and inseminate you with a turkey baster. And like, that's not what IVF is. No, no, it's, (laughs) it's an easy joke to make about it because that's what everybody thinks it is. But I, I might, there's like been IVF in my family and I'm like, that's, that's not what that is. Mm-mm. Also, it's a good so, alternative. It's helpful. It, it's totally like the thing to do. If you have the money to do that, do it. Why not? This episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. I've been subscribed to Book of the Month for three months now, and I'm obsessed. If you're a big reader or maybe even a lapsed big reader who's been wanting to get back into it regularly, consider checking it out. Book of the Month, they read like hundreds of books every month from new and emerging authors, and they whittled on the list to just the very best. They provide you a diverse little selection of hardcover fiction to pick from, which is an element of it that I really love. I can find going into the bookstore to be super overwhelming, and when I know I have about a dozen really solid options to choose from, it makes the decision way easier. Plus, it's cheaper than other options, shipping is always free, and there's a loyalty program with rewards and even lower prices if you choose to stick around. There's an app where you can pick your upcoming books and track the progress of your reading, and there are challenges on there with rewards. Your book arrives in a super aesthetically pleasing box, by the way. That's the kind of touch that I always really appreciate. Personally, I read at my own pace. Sometimes I can only get to one of my two books a month, and I keep the ones I haven't read yet on my windowsill right next to my bed so I can just see them all there. It inspires me to pick one up and read. It's nice to have options in front of you. If you're interested in trying it out, you can get your first book for $5 with code pastel at bookofthemonth.com. That's code pastel at bookofthemonth.com. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. 
With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. next question which is like I don't think a year is like a crazy amount of time to be trying for a baby it's it's so sad that she had I guess maybe two miscarriages I'm not sure that's awful but I don't think like you're allowed to be angry at your pregnant teen sister because you've been trying for a year yeah it it felt like maybe they should have had her be trying for longer or it definitely didn't, it felt like she was just projecting and it, it wasn't long enough for that. I, I wanted to know how long, how soon after this miscarriage, she found out that her sister was pregnant. That was something it I was seems curious like about. It was like maybe like a couple weeks or a month or something. Cause she finds out at a family dinner and we already know that Heather's probably, or um, Amanda's like probably like three months along at that point. Yeah. Okay. So I was just, cause, yeah, I wondered if it was more, she was just still angry about the miscarriage and projecting, which is very unclear and just me trying to fill in some gaps. But I think that's definitely what it was. I think it was definitely one of those things. I mean, that's not uncommon. You hear that a lot. Like women yeah. who have had trouble with fertility, being angry at women who have either in their minds like thrown away their opportunity or had an opportunity they would have loved to have had like that is very common like I feel like I see that on Twitter every day like some sort of dialogue around that and um it's it's awful right but that's like truly one of those things that you you kind of you kind of can't really project that onto another person but you know, there's couples that are together for like 15 years and trying and finally yeah. have some sort of success. So I, I felt like the reason why they said one year was sort of to not make the sister seem so much older, but it also really didn't justify, I think, a lot of her anger with her sister or that sort of outburst, which I know was just like a moment of jealousy, but it did feel like it was something that she was holding up, holding against her up until when Connor and Amanda basically offered to let her have their baby. Yeah, which makes you wonder if they had kept the baby and never offered it in the first place, they would have had a completely different relationship. Like family dinners would have been a lot more awkward if they hadn't been like, do you want the baby then? Right, <laughs> right. Um, so um, when the movie is wrapping up, we find out that Connor's mom and dad are in custody of Ryan, which is what I believe Heather named her baby. And I feel like they're happy to have this second act. They seem like they're loving the baby right yeah. away. Yeah, um, they they talk about how he's like gonna be a bruiser like his dad and his grip is getting strong and he keeps like gaining weight and they just seem excited to have another go at it. And I'm kind of surprised that it 
them so long to realize that because they never seemed like excited about the idea of grandchildren at any point during this. Like you would think after a few months, you'd kind of resign yourself to the future and start getting excited for the baby. But of course, once the baby's there, they're so happy to have him. Never mind the fact that he's like half of Heather's DNA. They're like seem excited to raise their grandson. Um, and I kind of don't I kind of don't know like why we didn't get to see any of that at all. Like I almost think it would have been interesting if we saw Connor's parents get excited for Amanda's baby in a more obvious way. Like yeah. with the money they have and the fact that it doesn't seem like Connor's mom works or anything like that, I would think like a woman of that status would be putting in like the most over the top nursery in her home for her grandkid to have like that's grandma's house you know yeah I it made me kind of curious I would have loved to see I think we said this earlier more of Heather's relationship with her mom because then you know maybe seeing Diane with Amanda would have just driven Heather like that much further off the deep end yeah like I Diane is like this potential mom for me now but she doesn't like me because Amanda's here or something or why are they excited about Amanda's baby and not my baby or I wish that they were just meaner to Heather like they seem to basically barely tolerate her be ashamed of her know that she's not the pedigree to have be having a child with their son you know they tried to pay her up I wish that there was just if I wish it was more overt like they were they played it a little bit too in the middle of the road for me. Um, And -hmm. it would have been really easy to like put some lines in for either the mom or the dad where they just showed either more hatred towards Heather or like a lack of tolerance towards her or more excitement about Amanda or like what their plans were as grandparents because they were so concerned about Connor's future that they, I don't know if these characters like ever came to grips with what was happening until the babies were just in their lap or what. But I, I think that that would have been interesting if they had fleshed that out a little bit more. Yeah. Simply have Connor's mom attend, you know, Amanda's baby shower and have her be in the picture that got posted on Instagram. That would have been a kick. That's in the iconic. Yeah. That's iconic. Yeah. That, that would have been great. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end, it's they all take a, a big selfie. Apparently, the most <laughs> embarrassing part of this is not that everyone knows these two 17-year-olds had sex, which would have mortified me. But apparently, the most embarrassing part about that is that Amanda's mom uses the word selfie. Um, yeah. And when Heather's in jail, she sees the picture of all of them. And instead of sort of having like any sort of reaction to these people that I'm sure she feels tortured her and Connor's mm-hmm. parents were pretty fucked up towards Heather. Um, people who weren't going to like allow their son to like press charges against her for raping him. But yeah. um, you know, she, she sees this picture. She's upset for like a second, but then immediately starts taking selfies of herself. And I've got like some sort of, big reaction from Heather there would have almost been a better ending than anything because it kind of just made it seem like she didn't have a point in what she she started out to do she definitely like wanted a child not just for the financial security of being with someone like Connor but to like have a a nuclear family that felt real to her um 
And she definitely does the talking to herself thing that Lifetime loves to use to let you know these people are crazy. Um, But it's more sad because she's practicing like how she would introduce herself to people or, you know, what she would say if she was at a soccer game and she met someone that knew her son. Like she was going through stuff that was actually really mundane. And it just said to me, like, this girl just like wants a family. But then somewhere over the course of this, that got lost. And when she's in jail for the murder of her ex-boyfriend, she sees this picture of everything she wanted, which is all of these parents coming together for these two babies. She's seeing her own baby in this picture being raised by people who are just completely abusive to her. And instead of giving her a moment to have a meltdown or anything else, they decided to dig their heels into the idea that maybe this girl is just obsessed with social media. Yeah. And I, I wanted, I wanted her to have one of those cause she did it twice. One of those like screams that just comes out of nowhere. I wanted one of those mm-hmm. for, or like for her to break the phone because social media has been played an, I think an interesting part in this movie. Like there's a, a sequence where it's her posting like pictures of her boobs that say like got milk and it's, it's those posts and then just people laughing at them, which was so sad, that whole part. I know, but we all have known that person oh, that absolutely. has a very, like, loose understanding of the concept of Instagram and they post to it, like, not like it's a Snapchat. Like, they post to their grid, like, it's a Snapchat. We get, like, four different pictures of her laying down like it definitely is you know unhinged but she's also not one thing that's interesting is she's not trying to pretend she's anything she's not in those pictures like she's not trying to make it look like she lives in a nicer house or that she lives a posh life like she's sort of like look how sexy I am as a pregnant teen like isn't that hot that like I'm going to be lactating soon like (laughs) there is like more ways I feel like there was more ways they could have played into how inappropriate she was. And, and also if they made it, it's whatever it was she was getting made fun of for, which I think honestly was mostly just being a mess on her main feed. (laughs) Yes. I mean, we all have those people on Facebook. We haven't deleted off Facebook because, or like Instagram where you kind of keep them on there because it's like watching a, a bit of like a train wreck where you just can't look away and there's always something new and interesting. She's one of those people. Yeah, you're like scrolling but also you're like, like, I'll cop to having those people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, we all, we all have people. And by the way, I think it's, I think it's fun. I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think unfollowing is overrated. I'm going to be honest with you. But we all have those people that like you're scrolling through your feed and you see a picture and then like you keep scrolling. And you're like, didn't I just see that picture? And then you like pull them up and you realize all that changed about them is like the smile is a little bigger in one than the other. Yeah. And, it's, and that's it's like different. it's the same hashtag and then another new hashtag with each post. Yeah. She's just unconscious shit posting, basically. <laughs> and exactly I mean, it. Let's be real about what they're making fun of her for. They're making fun of her because she is stupid, because she's trashy, because she's lonely, because she's poor, and because she's weird. And yeah, <laughs> that's all, you know, stuff I think 
high schoolers go hard on. I mean, I'm not going to say like, I definitely was never a bully, but I'm not going to say I never like laughed with my friends about another person like that. Um, but it just, it, it wasn't like enough for me. I needed more. And I, I know that sounds crazy because we like start this movie out with basically a rape, but I needed more from the social media. I needed that to link in harder for me that like, you know, this was all about driving social media for her because if that was the message, if it was about going viral, if it was about becoming an influencer, if it was about having like online clout, then I would understand that that's why she was doing that in the um, interrogation room or whatever at the very end. But we could maybe if they were like, if she was obsessed with, you know, Lifetime's version of Teen Mom and was like, I want to get on that show or kind of become like a viral Teen Mom. Like we, like there are YouTubers who got their start because they were Teen Moms and documented all of that. Um, yeah. If that had been what she was going for, more of an angle or if they'd used social media as more of a weapon uh, between Amanda and Heather or something like that would have been interesting. Right. And like, not to be like a dick, because like, I'm realizing as I'm saying it, like, this 17 year old girl didn't brand herself hard enough. Like, (laughs) it's more like, I think just like a note on the writing, like, it's a little bit unclear. And also when you don't have the budget to really do like great graphics for social media or great, you know, um, just like other other elements of it that I think would be pulled together more in a high budget movie you wind up with that sort of like mid-range lifetime nothingness that is yeah. like is this about social media is she mentally ill is this about not having a family all of the above this movie does have a 6.1 on IMDb yes, I see that yeah I feel like we should go into the reviews a little bit I agree I I was laughing before we started this because I was like, I wonder if this is Miss Nelly herself. Um, liked it, ten stars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, I don't. Think, oh, is man. this you? Are you Tim Atlanta? Did you? Where you, were you, you on December fourteenth, two thousand seventeen? Tim. <laughs> Tim Atlanta. Okay, so Tim writes. Uh, someone here suggested Heather was the real heroine. Sorry, but I disagree. She portrayed a typical white trash girl. That's what they call. That's what they were called in my high school. She went after him because he was rich. She did rape him. A lot of people will say she couldn't have, but drunk guys don't automatically suffer ED. He didn't ask for it. Her ex boyfriend talked. Her, her, I I have no idea. Oh, her previous schemes. Okay, talked about um, and talked about her previous scams. Every time she whines something, she something she produced a gotcha grin. She didn't deserve anything. She used Medicare, clothes, try um try goodwill. My high school was a lot like this. White trash were avoided like the plague. A few poor people were part of the in crowd because they were in the same classes, jocks, and regular student body. And then we, he just does like a period and the letter P, and then we go <laughs> to a new. <laughs> Final line of this, which is in my day, abortion was the biggest fix. Some used adoption, some raised them, some raised them option. I need to check out Tim Atlanta's profile, honestly. <laughs> like he completely... What other movies is he watching? Right. No, it's like weird because he seems like a, a grown ass man. Um, and 
he does watch a lot of um he watches some chick flicks so there's also the first time 2012 he wrote i thought this movie handled teenage romance chemistry nervousness and perhaps actual first time sex really well if it's truly the first time for both kids it can be weird and confusing i especially enjoyed the music and can't find the soundtrack <laughs> sad face I thought the characters were original. The conversation between the three guys was not untypical of what I had with my buddies back in the day, long ago. One scene where the guy yells back at them, what's wrong with you assholes, wasn't really a necessary scene. It appeared to it, it appeared the director just forgot to drop that on the floor. However, it would have been nice to see them a little, a little bit more interaction between Dave and Aubrey. I like the theories he talked about and the discussions he was referring to. Still, I'm 52 and I watched it with my teenagers and we all loved it. Okay, this is so interesting. (laughs) Well, like I knew, I knew, um, what's what's our boy's name? I knew Tim Atlanta was definitely an uh, an older gentleman, just sort of based off of the way he described it. This man has reviewed three movies. They are all teenage leads. I was definitely thinking he was, you know, a sex offender of some kind. Um, and not that him having teenage daughters changes that, but it shocked me, honestly. And out of the three, yeah. like all three of the movies he has reviewed here are definitely uh, definitely geared towards teenagers. So he writes his reviews nearly almost a decade apart, right? So we get the first one, it was in um, February 24, 2003. So we're placing our boy at about 42 years old when he wrote this. All Over the Guy, 2001, just saw this film on HBO and came here to buy it. An incredible, endearing film. Funny, poignant, and I thought it was a great film that just happens to have two gay characters. (laughs) Hats off to Richard for such an excellent performance, given he's not gay. (laughs) This guy's so weird. I, I'm kind of obsessed. And also, just so you know, All Over the Guy has a 6.5 on IMDb. It's starring, um, let's see, do I know anyone in this movie? No, I mean, it, this looks like a- in it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait, I mean, this- and Lisa Kudrow? What is this movie? All Over the Guy? I don't think that has Christina Ricci and Lisa Kudrow. That's the opposite of sex. Oh, I'm looking at the... Am I looking at okay? Never mind. Sorry. I'll send it to you. Um, okay. but yeah, no, Tim Atlanta is someone I am a fan of now, but will also be keeping my eye on. Um, mm-hmm. I like it. He does he does a review once once every, you know, eight years, he feels compelled to leave a review. And I think that there's something special there that these teen movies are speaking to him. And also that he's um he's okay with the gayness in them I like that I like that yeah I appreciate that too (laughs) okay oh this is a one out of ten actress on double daddy by Deb underscore Cobb um she writes the actress and I use this term loosely who plays Heather Brittany Curran is the absolute worst actress I've ever seen she is horrible and I hope I never see her in another movie I like the plot of the movie and the other young actors, actresses, but this girl sucks. She's ridiculous and has no clue how to act. She reminds me of another horrible actress I've seen, probably in a Lifetime movie. Her name is Yvonne Zima. 
These two should be in a movie together to compete to see who's the worst. I don't understand how two girls can even make it in a movie if they have to audition. They must audition in front of a blind and deaf in front of blind and deaf people. And anybody else would not cast either of them. I feel like Deb does not like other women. No, I I I think that she's projecting some insecurities um, mm-hmm. in this review. And I'm really sad for you, Deb. But Brittany Curran was great in this film. So she was fine. She was fine. And also, like, she is definitely, I think, the most prolific actor out of anyone in these movies. So, I mean, unfortunately, Deb probably did her again um yeah I went into her reviews to see what else and what what else Deb reviewed um teeth teeth is the movie uh about a lady who has um, yes. teeth in her vagina right mm-hmm. okay she writes dumb <laughs> this is by far the worst movie I've ever seen it is stupid can't believe anyone would make this dumb movie or act or try to act in it it's awful. The storyline is stupid. The content is stupid. And I was embarrassed for the actors who were in this stupid movie. I was grossed out and disgusted by the movie, but I only watched it so I could write this review and warn others not to waste their time watching it. (laughs) If there's even one person who watched and actually likes this movie, they need their head examined. And I guess I need mine examined too, since I was stupid enough to watch it. I don't know what else I can say to express my opinion about this movie or, and just how absolutely stupid it is. I mean, one thing we can say about Deb is that she has a very diverse vocabulary. Mm-hmm. She comes at this uh, <laughs> very critically. Terror in the Woods, poor acting. So I love Deb thinks she's an acting coach too. This is why oh, yeah. sometimes there's more sometimes going on in these IMDb reviews than there are in the movies themselves. So on a March... 18th 2019 I mean she didn't even know she'd be in quarantine yet she writes this is a stupid movie and I wasted two hours of my life watching it where in the hell did these actors in this movie come from the plot is stupid and these actors are all horrible lifetime has gone downhill and it isn't even worth watching anymore they show the dumbest shows ever I'm surprised they haven't picked up teen mom ridiculousness these shows fit right in with what they've been showing lately I mean, Deb. Deb, who hurt you? I who know. These movies hurt you. Also, I've seen Teeth, and I definitely need my head examined because I, I liked it. <laughs> I feel like Teeth is sort of like a cult classic. Am I wrong? Like, I, I, I want to go and see what the reviews are on Teeth. It's a five point four. I mean, it scored less than uh this than our Double Daddy movie did, but in all fairness, it was much more um, difficult subject matter to digest. Yeah. Um, do you, do you want to read any other reviews from here? Is there anything else jumping out at you? No, I think my favorite was um, Tim. I think Tim really, I, I appreciated the beginning of Tim's was, you know, very articulate. And then I don't know what happened to his typing as he got through to the end of it because half of this isn't even legible but you know uh, I don't want to like project anything but I think Tim is a drinker I'm gonna put that out there I I think he could be onto something there I think he you know watches some movies with his teenage daughters you know 
puts a couple beers away, and then once every eight years, he logs on to IMDb. He's like, and I he, really, I really have feelings about this one. Let me get another beer. Let me write my feelings out. I wonder if like it's a relapse for him, sort of. Like, do you think he like goes into therapy? You know, like he makes an emergency appointment with a therapist. They're like, Tim, why are you back? And he's like, I did it again. Like, I yeah, absolutely found I myself think, yeah. on IMDb. I think this is one of the signs that he's he's about to you know drop off again, and he really needs to get it back together. Is writing uh reviews about how he likes movies geared towards teen audiences you know I the greatest disappointment of IMDb reviews for me is that I have no way of getting in contact with these people because I wish more than anything some of the reviews I've read on here I wish I could just reach out and like you know do a special type of episode where we have this amateur film credit come on and talk to us because I just like I would love to know more about Tim Atlanta I do want to read this yeah. one last one from Iceman98398. Hashtag double daddy. So many twists and turns in this future cult classic. You may sense the sarcasm, but this movie was so bad it ended up being good. I, I feel like... Ten stars. Iceman, he gave it a 10 out of 10. Iceman could be a nacho expert. Potentially. I think, I think we feel the same about this film. It is kind of so bad it ended up being good. You want to check out the trivia really quick? Yes, I I do want to scroll down and see. I thought the music in this was pretty um, ambitious. Yeah, I thought they did a good job of sort of like the music sounded like in another dimension. That's what's on the radio. Yeah. Oh, my favorite is that there are two items for the trivia for Double Daddy. And the first one is Double Daddy is inspired by true events. I, I forgot I'm that that was, the, that that was on, on the screen. I don't understand. I mean, sure. A lot of guys get two girls pregnant. I Okay. So. so I think the thing with that is, so they will take something like, just like it's, they're trying to have like a rip from the headlines moment, but you can almost never find out what the true events were like is it something that yeah. you know Ooh, someone okay we i found a um a wordpress blog by someone named hannah e testa okay i'm gonna send this to you let's get into this okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. off the page not, it's it's not a very good story i probably want to talk about it this is hannah's blog Double oh, da- uh, Lifetime's Double Daddy is disgusting, and here's why. Trigger warning, rape discussion. Oh, I don't know if I want to read all this now. But she goes, I don't get too political or talk too much about social justice on any of my social media accounts, mainly for work and mental health-related reasons. But the subject of rape culture entered into the back, of my, back into my life this past Saturday, and I feel the need to put my thoughts into the first article on writing my blog in over a year. Wow, so I mean, this... This compelled her to get back into writing, which is interesting. Um, She goes, another warning for uh, those of you who might find this upsetting. Please take care of yourself and don't read further. Um, Okay, so she sort of like goes into the plot line a little bit. And she goes, 
Connor was absolutely smashed. His agency wasn't there to consent to any kind of sex. And even when Heather was coercing him, he pushed her off twice and said, this is wrong a couple of times. She went ahead and did it anyway. Now, does that sound like sex to you? Because it sounds like Connor is a victim of rape. And here's where I get really irritated. Lifetime passes this horrible happening off as Connor's fault. He slept with Heather and made a mistake and has to take responsibility. His parents believe it. Heather believes it. Amanda believes it. Even Connor himself feels this entire thing is his fault. And that, dear friends, is what we call victim is what we call victim blaming. Lifetime doesn't have a good track record with male rape. I detailed an off-screen occurrence in my lethal seduction review. And looking back on it, even that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. We obviously don't want to see Mark suffer, but it's almost like the movie is saying he deserves it. Oh, well, he's an idiot for sleeping with an older woman and citing her. Yeah, I think I've seen Lethal Seduction. I think I, um, I think we did that one on the show. It's about a teacher who um, gets her yeah. su- gets her student into modeling. <laughs> that one, <laughs> I did it with Jennifer. Anise. Yeah, I'm familiar with that one. I believe. Yeah. I mean, listen. I'm glad that this compelled Heather to um, get back into this and she's absolutely right male rape is like not it's like lifetime is not there to service that part of the story which is unfortunate because like that's the reality of it um but they you know lifetime wants to focus the stories on women it would be a entirely different movie if they decided to go that route i do like that someone good just have him cheat just have him cheat right don't open a can of worms that you can't adequately address just having cheat on amanda because they set it up that he like could potentially cheat because he's having this big party and he doesn't he just tells her it's a couple of guys who come over and you know his friend his stupid jockey friend is like three weeks that's not a lot or three months that's a lot of time without getting some like they set it up that he could cheat and then they just it would have been easier to just have him cheat on her and not go down that other route right like it was as if the writer said like no if he cheats that'll be unlikable but if heather just forces sex on him like we can move past that and i feel like that's just such like a logic issue because you know teenagers are teenagers like they make mistakes like that they cheat they do all sorts of shit like that I would easily be able to move past this guy making a mistake allowing himself to get carried away I mean you kind of thought Connor was a little bit of a shit bag right away when he was calling Amanda at camp just to sort of get their like check-in call out of the way and he's saying, like, yeah, I just have a couple of the guys in Maya over. And, like, meanwhile, we're seeing what is an absolute rager at his house. Yeah. Um, okay, so, wait, I found Bustle is, like, really good. I don't know. I know that it's, like, a content farm over there. But they really, they do always have the answers. If you Google, like, just about anything, someone at Bustle with a gun to their head has probably written about it. So. Oh, yeah says um since most of lifetime's recent films have been ripped from the headlines you might be wondering if the network's latest double daddy is based on a true story while high school kids get into plenty of trouble in the real world this this one is a lifetime original double daddy tells the story of a teenage lothario who manages to not just get his girlfriend but the girl cheating that he's cheating on her with pregnant 
That is not what he's not a teenage Lothario. That is absolutely no, and insane. Oh, that is that's not at all what happens in this movie. But thank you, Bubble. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay, so it didn't really happen. Then they go through like all the movies that are sort of loosely based on this. I mean, listen, two people had to get pregnant if they were even even going to write this. I always feel like this is something where a writer goes in with a seed of something um, that they read about in a news story or something. And then while they're there, they're like pitching. They're like, and you know, this is like, there's a story like this that really happened. It's like almost like a way to get them involved because then they're like excited. They can market it as sort of a ripped from the headlines type thing. Yeah. It's like this, this is a thing that happened completely differently, but you know, a guy did get two pregnant, two two women pregnant. So that is the true story that this will be based on. We will just extrapolate accordingly. Did you see that there's a Lifetime movie or made for TV movie also called Double Mommy that came out in 2016? Yeah, I I saw it. I have not watched it. I don't know. (laughs) It's, It's I think the premise is that she has she gets pregnant with twins and one of them is the boyfriend and then the other one is this guy who I guess rapes her at a party because because it's a woman now we can call it a rape um in lifetime but he uh so she she's it's that weird genetic thing where like your twins can have different dads and that's the that's crazy I know isn't that fucking crazy the fact that that can actually happen is that's terrifying I saw a couple on TikTok saying that they did IVF and then that home that night they went home and they had sex. And so they wound up conceiving twin girls through the IVF treatment. But then also another pregnancy took off at the same time from the IVF. So it was just like a boy alone in a sack. And then they got pregnant that night. And they, oh my God, had quintuplets. So technically, that, oh my God, yeah, isn't that crazy? I just like th- that poor woman had to oh, carry four babies around. I know, and they definitely they were like older too. You could tell that they like really wanted these kids, so that was good. But um, yeah, it's like what a fucking genetic nightmare. Like, how do you even? How do you walk around for the rest of your life explaining, no, 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 like, <laughs> they're all quintuplets. It's just that these two are identical because of this. And then this thing, it's like, it's, um, it's quite the story. They'll all have good college admission essays, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, when you played Two Truths and a Lie for like icebreaker games, all of those kids are going to have really good Two Truths and a Lie. So the the actor who played um, Amanda, her name is Molly Gray. As a Molly, I love other Mollies. I actually am very open to it. Um, I've never seen a worse spelling of Molly. And once I, I was going to say, how do you feel about that to ease situation? One time I went to Starbucks and I said my name was Molly and they wrote M-A-W-L-E-Y on my cup. And That's... Like, yeah. I I used to work at Starbucks and I will t- tell you that occasionally people I know who work at Starbucks would take the order 
and it was some straightforward name and just because we were bored they would write it in the weirdest way they could oh yeah no that was like a thing as much um but she spells her name m-o-l-l-e-e which is just crazy i don't even know if like it would technically be pronounced molly at, at that point like a double e there molly ma i ooh, ma i can't i'm like trying to because the double e would make it just a weird linguistic oh. thing i think you're right wait i just realized something she's from salt lake city so she might be mormon and the mormons like to stunt on us hoes with their spellings they really do they like <laughs> oh, to go i think st- you might be right yeah i think this is a mormon thing um she has quite a prolific bio on her imdb that we won't get into right now because it's just so it's so long um which is by the way bold like to think that anyone is gonna sit there like and read all of this you have to assume that everyone pulling up to her page is a full-blown stan oh yeah well she she was in the teen beach movie franchise as a named character um so she must and she's like a presence on TikTok, I guess. So she she may have built a little following for herself. She has um. Okay, wait. She has. So she, I think she is Mormon. If I'm going to go ahead and make a guess, because she has um. Two younger brothers and a younger sister. They were born. So Molly was born in 1991. Then her two brothers were born in 1998 and 2005, and the younger sister was born in 2012 which is, that is quite the age gap. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Her younger sister is the actress Star, S-T-A-R-R, Belle. Let's look at, let's see who Star Belle, what she's up to. Oh, she's she's like a cute. She's a little munchkin. This is like a little kid. Yeah, she's, she was born in, I mean, like, when you think about like 2012, it seems like so long ago, but also that's like a, a little child. She's so cute. But yeah, she's done all of the standards. Molly has done, you know, she was on the Goldberg. She did all like the high school musical things. Um, Double Daddy, of course. Um, yeah, she's never really had like a regular role on anything. I She kind of was like almost jarringly similar to an Olsen when I first saw her. Oh, I see that. Yeah, I can see, I can see that. Maybe that's what she's, what she was going for is to kind of make a name for herself she's the next Olsen but she uh did you notice did she have a list a little bit of a list in this maybe I well I don't know if I would call it like a proper list but like it definitely is something yeah um, I don't think that the like the concept of a backlist is spoken about enough. I think she might have had that. If I'm being real, yeah, because it was when she would get like really intense in some scenes, it was really prominent. Which you know, voices are voices, but I definitely did notice that as someone who has a little bit of a Western New York accent. When I get really passionate about things, I can kind of understand and sympathize with that. Wait, wait, wait! Can I read a, a review that I just found? okay it's this is like the craziest way of getting into a review i've ever seen a baby comes with more consequences than a pool table but at the end of the day nobody will look at their child and say partying through college and enjoying a selfish hedonistic lifestyle would have been better than having you 
Literally everyone who has sacrificed a fun and free youth to raise a child would make the decision again if they had to. Nobody regrets the life of their child. And, and maybe Amanda knew that, especially after listening to what her parents said about her older sister. And I'm glad they were objective enough to give her that perspective. At the end of the day, she has a greater blessing in, than any other choice that would have been brought to her because nothing tops being a parent, regardless and regardless of age, experience or situation. You cannot question someone's decision to keep their baby. No child is a mistake. No same parent regrets their life, the life of their child. All females are in charge of their own bodies. Just as is, is just as disgusted, disgusting to judge someone's choice to keep their baby as it is to judge their choice to get an abortion. Don't be a hypocrite. My body, my rules applies to keeping a baby as well. Now, first of all, God, you know, God bless that she watched this movie and decided to take this over to this page. Like, I know someone is going to see this, but the line, a baby comes with more consequences than a pool table. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? No idea. I'm going to Google that and see if it's like an expression. I don't know. Is it like a billiards term or something? consequences than a pool table you know she's never I this this woman must have like honestly a truly beautiful mind because she is the first thing that comes up when you write more consequences than a pool table into google which is like kind of iconic <laughs> this is the type of person I want to I want to follow up with that's the type I, of person yeah that's absolutely the type of person you need to have on a podcast ASAP I wish you could reply. I wish you could reply to reviews. Um, more than anything. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> she did a review for the movie Bound in 2015. I hate Charisma Carpenter, and I certainly wasn't looking for softcore porn. I watched this movie simply to see if I would find it good, because you can't know if a movie is good until you watch it, genius. <laughs> well, like, it's like, then why are you writing a review? Like so I feel if like you don't you, like Charisma Carpenter. Why did you watch it? There's that, but also it's like you can't say that there's no way to find out if a movie might be good or not in your movie review. Oh yeah, that <laughs> what's the oh girl? Oh, I want to I want to know what she has to hear, say about so many other movies. Not because I agree, but because I just appreciate her, the voice of her as a writer. Ava Nix the Raven or Avani X the Raven. I don't know what that is, but yeah, I mean, God bless my, my greatest wish someday is that one of the people listening just happens to also subscribe to the podcast. That would be beyond. Yeah. No other words. Like, I wrote, I'm her. I wrote that. Let's talk. So this is your fave move. And um, I want to know, like, is there anything else that, you feel really called to like if we were doing a full-blown episode what are some things that you would want to hammer home um I feel like maybe I'm a cynic but I think that Amanda and Connor need to break up immediately and go to college and live lives I really wish they hadn't kept the kid um I think the kid would have been better off with Kelly kid would have loosened Kelly up which would have been lovely um I really appreciate that there was a character who was in two scenes and got murdered um uh, right. like in person at the end of the film right uh because they that is he pops up twice for maybe 15 seconds 
and then he's dead. This boyfriend also seemed like incredibly age inappropriate. He seemed like he was probably like 22 because he shows up with like a barbed wire tattoo and he like doesn't, I mean, he kind of puts his hands on her, but you don't get the sense that this is like a physically abusive relationship. If anything, you get the idea that he probably like statutory raped her himself. Yeah. Yeah. What's so it? it's kind of like if he was like really physical in a way that was non-consensual for you, like, and you kill him. Okay. I feel less bad about that, but like killing is wrong kids, but you know, still. Um, but I, uh, I just, I think that my, the best sequence of the film is when Heather is chasing after Amanda in the woods and they're both like holding their bellies and you're like, please, please don't hurt the kids. But also the sequence is just so bonkers hilarious. I know. They're not sprinting. They're carefully running, holding their bellies. They have the same baby daddy. It's just that whole, I was laughing. I will say I was laughing at that whole thing. Yeah, I do think that I've never really thought about how if you are a pregnant woman and someone's chasing you, the best person to be chasing you is another very pregnant woman. Yeah, yes. One who's kind of been going into labor since they first got on the field trip bus. Um, yeah, you. If you're gonna, if I'm gonna have swollen ankles, the person chasing me better also have swollen ankles. Yo, that's like a great point that you brought up earlier about sort of the baby timeline of it because. Like Amanda winds up giving birth after Heather, but Heather did, did she give birth like three months premature? Because then the baby they brought in at the end looked like he was two or three well, months the, old. The baby that she holds after like pulling the baby out in like this like leaf pit looks like a fully <laughs> healthy baby boy. So I'm like, they, they just didn't think out the fact that Amanda has to be three months ahead of Heather so realistically right. it, the, the pregnancy timeline was, I, I think they probably like cut the movie and then went this doesn't necessarily make sense but nobody's gonna notice it oh <laughs> we'll, we'll I think, yeah, put it out I think there they, they heavily rely on that something that could have been interesting I think is like if Connor and Amanda were waiting till like she got back you know like kick off their senior year by like cementing their love with losing their virginity to each other and he had this secret that he like you know cheated on her quote-unquote when he was drunk and he had to move forward forward with it like it was his first time and then she found out that like he had lost his virginity, but it was like three days prior. Yeah, I I agree. I think that that would have um that would have clarified a lot of things. Also, would have would have made the emotional impact potentially greater. I think I think that that would have been a better approach for them instead of them having sex before she goes away for the summer comes back isn't showing for a very long time when conceived I I believe it's like around three months before you start showing anyways. But right. And also like let's not forget that she was being a camp counselor. And like when you're a camp counselor, like you're doing all sorts of shit that you probably shouldn't be doing as a newly pregnant woman. Like she's probably yeah. doing like zip lining and like jumping around on trampolines and all sorts of shit that's probably a little dangerous. 
yeah, potentially like out in the woods at a bonfire with the other team counselors drinking like a hidden beer, like having fun with them and she's pregnant. Like that was not thought through. <laughs> so the guy, uh, the couple that wrote this together, the writing team rather, he's written some like kind of like pr- seemingly pretty important stuff. He did Tim Burton inside the twisted mind of the eccentric filmmaker. Oh, it's a video short. I mean, this is all stuff he could have done. He he seems to like to make um, sort of his own documentaries. He did one about Christian Bale, The Truth About Method Acting. <laughs> I want to look oh that God. up. Um, <laughs> he did one about The Crow. He did one about um, Wolf of Wall Street. Interesting. Uh, also Robin Williams. And then he also does, um, he's a researcher on something called Screen Rant Pitch Meetings, which I think I've heard of. And then um, before that, he wrote um, two other Lifetime movies. And then the, his partner on this movie was Barbara Kimlicka. I don't know how you say her name. but I, I she, think that's as close as we can get, Kimlicka. She has done a ton of Lifetime movies. Like, a lot, a lot of Lifetime movies. Um, did she do, she did the screenplay. So I think he wrote the story and she did the screenplay, which is like, yeah. that's, you know, that's some um, good money. Um, but yeah, she's done a ton of stuff. Um, she's a pro at this. Lots of Sugar Daddies. Sugar Daddies is like a constant fixture on the Lifetime Movie Club. Oh, Death Click is in here. She's Death Click. Oh, love that. Yeah, so I guess I'm a fan. Who knew? Okay, um, Barbara. Lee Friedlander is the director. Let's see if he's done anything else noteworthy. Um, yeah, he's like also kind of a regular of these things. He's done 20 movies, mostly TV movies. Yeah, good for him. Proud of him. And it's an episode of Good Girls. What's that? Oh, that's like a great show, right? With me. Oh, that's Whitman like a. And- yeah. Okay. That's good. Okay. So he's starting to he's starting to really pick up. I'm proud of him. Um all right. Well, girl, I feel like unless we have any more to add, I feel like this was kind of a fairly comprehensive, as comprehensive as you can get for a disorganized com- disorganized conversation on my end anyway. Um <laughs> this was pretty comprehensive. I enjoyed this very much. Thank you for bringing this movie to my attention. Yeah, thank you for thank you for allowing me to come on here and, and discuss this masterpiece of film. Of course, did you say your brother was the one who saw it was on Amazon Prime and told you? No, that was a that was a different tweet. My brother told me that uh, Shrek the Fourth was on Amazon Prime. <laughs> oh, okay, you know. right, right, right. <laughs> no, this was this was purely me going into Amazon and seeing what Lifetime movies I could watch. And it was there. Well, God and I was bless like, this you. is the film. Thank God you. bless you for that. Yeah, no, this was um not even a movie club movie, you guys. I think it's just free to prime viewers. Um, so you don't have to have that like additional $3.99 subscription to Lifetime Movie Club to see this. It was just out there for anyone, um, which sometimes they are. So yeah, thank you so much for coming and doing this, Nellie. Appreciate you. Awesome. Appreciate you too, Molly. If you have any social media that you want us to share, um, just text it to me and we will put it in the description of the show. And please stay in touch, okay? You're a yeah. fantastic nacho expert and we're happy to have you on the, on the team. 
Thank you. Thank you for creating this wonderful home for Nacho experts like me. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> All right, you guys, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for being a Patreon subscriber. You're the best. Nelly, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.